0: Hi, this is John Leahy, host of Airing It Out, files from Leahy's broadcast booth. I wanted to take a moment and thank you for tuning in to the podcast on a weekly basis. I truly appreciate my great audience. I'd also like to encourage you to consider subscribing to the podcast. We're on Apple and Spotify and virtually any place where podcasts are heard. So if you like the content, please consider subscribing. I appreciate it once again. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you'll enjoy this week's episode. Hello everyone, welcome to the latest edition of Airing It Out, Files from Leahy's Broadcast Booth. This is your host, John Leahy, with you. Thanks again for uh, spending your week with us here on the podcast. Uh, Before we get started this week, I'd like to thank my guest from last week, Terry Bonadonna. He is the radio voice of the Windy City Thunderbolts of the Frontier League of Professional Baseball. We had a chance to catch up with Terry and uh, we reviewed his book, A Wonderful Waste of Time. And uh, if you missed that episode and would like to order the book, uh, we invite you to go back and uh, check our website, which is at leahystorytelling.com, L-E-A-H-Y, storytelling.com. You can find all the episodes that we've done on the podcast right there. Uh, There's also some cool features there. You can uh, leave me a voice message. There's a purple microphone at the lower right-hand corner of each page. There's also a rating system. You can... Rate the episode from zero to five stars. You can also leave your own uh, written review as well. There is a blog up there which uh, gets updated once in a while, uh, and I'd like to be more frequent with that when time will permit. Also some videos as well. And so there's a lot of cool things to check out there. It's at com. Also, I invite you to check out my uh, refurbished website, which is at com. And uh, this podcast links directly uh, to the website. So that's uh, another way that you can access uh, the podcast. Also, uh, we'd love for you to consider uh, consider subscribing to the webcast, uh, the podcast that is. And uh, we're on... um, Apple, and Spotify, and there's a few other places the website will fill you in on um, where we are at. So I encourage you to uh, take advantage of those uh, cool features and uh, consider su- subscribing if you like. Well, uh, you might remember that a few weeks ago, I did a uh, episode where I played some songs from Jimmy Buffett, who uh, passed away on September 1st due to an advanced form of skin cancer. And I thought we would uh, take another moment here tonight to uh, remember uh, Jimmy Buffett. And uh, I've brought in a good friend. Uh, we, you've heard him here on the podcast before. He's a fellow parrot head. He was a broadcaster with me uh, in the New York Penn League with the Mahoning Valley Scrappers. Real good guy. And uh, Tim guy rejoins us here on the podcast to reflect back on Jimmy's uh, life and music. And uh, Tim, always great uh, to have you on the podcast here, my friend.
1: I appreciate it. I'll always love being on, especially when we can talk about uh, a guy like Jimmy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, where do we start, right? I mean, uh, the guy was making music for uh, 50 to 51 years, and uh, he just came out with a uh, posthumous album, which we'll get to uh, in a few moments, Tim. But I know that uh, he meant a lot to you personally. Uh, I wonder if you just take a minute and just share what Jimmy and his music meant uh, to you personally.
1: Jimmy meant so much. Um, it's one of those things where you don't really remember when you first heard Jimmy. Because uh, I think we've all heard Margaritaville at one point or another growing up. Um, so I knew I knew that song. And I remember it's probably my sophomore year of high school. So it's got to be 96. I'm digging through uh, a bin of CDs at a, a record store is yes. You know, that's how old I am. I, there were record stores. <laughs> um, so I'd go digging through there and I found changes in latitude. I'm like Margaritaville. I know that song. So I bought the CD, put it in the car. And from that moment on it, I have been a parrothead and it's been diehard nonstop, you know, anything Jimmy, I can get my hands on. I've been that guy that, you know, anything that you can read, you can listen to, you could watch. I've always just consumed it. And, uh, there's just something about him. I mean, the music, it's not just, it's not just a fantasy world of, I wish, you know, I could live this life. It's like, he's talking to you. And he's kind of giving you that release from times when your life's not the greatest, or when you're going through some rough times and, you know, you can always throw Jimmy on and he would always like kind of center me, bring me back to where, uh, you know, I wanted to be. And he was, as much as I say, it's not that fantasy. he, He was kind of that image in your mind of what you'd like to be. You know, who wouldn't want to be a, a beach bum sitting out, out there, you know, wasting away in Margaritaville, I <laughs> was yeah. to say. But, uh, you know, Jimmy just – It was always like that centering point that would bring me back to where I needed to be in my life when things were kind of going crazy.
0: Uh, You make a great point because uh, a lot of his music touched on that escapism kind of lifestyle, and and it really helped to elevate people out of a bad mood. And I know that uh, that was certainly the case with me. I I recently went out and invested in a steel drum. and, And Tim, how can you be in a bad mood when you're listening to Jimmy Buffett?
1: can't it's impossible i mean if you're in a bad mood listening to jimmy buffett then there's some other problems going on in your life
0: yeah absolutely well uh I know that uh, you know. I've had a I've had a chance to see Jimmy three times live uh, here in Boston. I saw him at uh, Fenway Park. I saw him at uh, Gillette Stadium in Foxborough. And I also had a chance to see him at uh, Great Woods in uh, Mansfield. They used to call it Great Woods, but it has a new name now. It's an outdoor concert venue here, which isn't too far from where we live. And going to a live Jimmy Buffett concert, Tim, is uh, really uh, quite an experience. And I know you've had a chance to see him live. Why don't you describe for us what it's like uh, when you go to a Jimmy concert.
1: Oh, yeah, it's Like Jimmy says in Manana, you don't describe a Jimmy Buffett concert if you've never seen it. <laughs> uh, so uh, I think the biggest thing that you take away the first time that you roll into that parking lot is that you feel home. You feel like you found your group that you belong with. Um, you know, because, you know, as, as a high school kid, not everybody was listening to, to Jimmy Buffett. So it was, I was kind of felt like I was by myself for a little bit. And then that first concert, it's like, you know, I found my people, you know, I found where I belong. Yeah. So you roll in, it's just feathers and signs and fins and people jumping off the hoods of their truck in the pools that they made in the t- on the, the bed of their truck. And just, it's such a welcoming thing too, because it was never like a, Hey, this is our tailgate. It was, Hey, come on over here. What's going on. You know, everybody's talking to everybody. And it's just, it was such an eclectic group, because I think the one thing that you never got from Jimmy was you never got political, if anything. You never got, uh, you know, I live in this part of the country, so this or that or other parts. And you never got there. It was just a welcoming. And you got that when you walked into a concert. And, and that, that's just the parking lot.
0: Yeah. And, uh, you know, there were some cheeseburgers in the, in those parking lots, weren't there? <laughs>
1: some cheeseburgers and a few other things in that parking lot, and they were <laughs> the last to
0: be a part of. You know, Jimmy had a great band, too, uh, Tim, the uh, Coral Reefer Band. And understandably, you know, they were devastated when, when Jimmy passed away. I know Mac McAnally, who was uh, the lead guitar player in the group, uh, he did a great rendition of uh, Pirate Looks at 40. I think it was maybe one or two nights after Jimmy passed away. But the Coral Reefer Band announced that they're going to continue to play Uh, play on to continue Jimmy's uh, legacy. And and I think that's wonderful. And, and, you know, Jimmy wouldn't have it any other way, really.
1: No, and that's amazing that they're going to do that. And just to think, how many guest stars that Jimmy had on his albums with him that can come in and and do a show with them, and they don't even need it. Between Mac and Nadira, you've got enough there that you don't need outside help to to keep the party rolling. But just all the people like Zach Brown, Kenny Chesney, all those guys, I mean, the, the, the guys from the Eagles that did the tribute for him at Madison Square Garden, you have all these guys that can come in and keep it going. And to hear Max say that and say, Jimmy wanted the party to continue and we're going to do that for him. It's just, it's, it's such a good feeling to know that, you know, this part of your life didn't end. It's going to continue. It's not going to be the same because without, without Jimmy there, it's never going to be the same. But you're still going to have the opportunity to partake with that family of of parrot heads and you're still gonna be able to do that. And uh I know you mentioned Mac that was a probably a week. I think it was exactly a week after Jimmy passed away he did that show. And uh you know he did the pirate one and and that was you know that was gut wrenching to listen to. But then he did the first one that he wrote for Jimmy which was It's My Job. And that was one for me that I always listened to before I went on the air to call a baseball game. Oh yeah. Because it was always oh, yeah. reminding me, you know be different, be yourself. You know, you're not a cookie cutter. Don't do the same thing everyone else is doing, be unique. And so, when he did that one, I'm not gonna lie, there was a tear in my eye. Like, it, that oh, yeah. one hit me right in the middle of the heart.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, there was a little backstory with that song. Uh, Mac McAnally wrote it, and uh, he, he said that during one of his live shows, I think he uh he sold it to about 75 family members when he first wrote it. And then uh, Jimmy came along and of course he put it on, uh, I believe it was coconut telegraph. Uh, and uh, of course then three quarters of a million people bought it. And uh, that kind of put Mac over a little bit, but just goes to show you how close those two were uh, musically and how they collaborated. Yeah. And you
1: can see it. I mean, from coconut telegraph on Mac was by his side for every show, every album, everything. and, when you listen to Mac talk before his shows, and when he goes in that tribute for Jimmy, I mean, you can tell it's still just tearing him apart. And then he tells the story about being there with him that last night and everything. And just the relationship those two had, as much as it wasn't an original member of the Coral Reefers, I think Mac might be the most important member of the Coral Reefers.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'll tell you, I, I'm partial to the steel drum player, Robert Greenwich, who uh, is probably the best steel drum player in the world. And uh, he came out with a few, uh, I know he came out with a Christmas album of him uh, playing the steel drum, but uh, that was always my favorite part of listening to the group, the, the steel drum. Boy, that really took you away, made you feel like you were in uh, the Caribbean all the time.
1: It does, yeah, without a doubt. Adding that steel drum into songs that we already knew made them even better. And, you know, sometimes you think, oh, this song can't get better, and then it got better.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and you know there are some tributes being planned. I know that down in uh, Florida itself, uh, they're they're considering uh, renaming one of the uh, highways down there, uh, Jimmy Buffett Memorial Highway. I think it's the uh, is it the A one A that they're talking about renaming.
1: That's what they're talking about in, in uh, the state senate down there. Is so that someone proposed renaming A one A into Jimmy Buffett Highway, and then I know another one is the airport in Key West they want to get that renamed after Jimmy Buffett as well, which, I mean, I don't understand why it hasn't been already, but it's definitely something that they, they need to do in the future.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it would be uh, it would be quite a tribute and uh, certainly a deserving one. Uh, We're going to talk about some of Jimmy's albums uh, a little bit later on, uh, Tim. But I wanted to uh, talk about his new album that just came out, the the posthumous one, as it turns out, uh, Equal Strain on All Parts. It was just released on November 3rd. And I know you jumped on it right away. You were listening to it at midnight, I guess, uh, when it was released. But uh, trying to learn the songs on there. And there are some really, really good songs. the whole album is terrific isn't it
1: yeah it is and it's uh it, it's almost appropriate that his last album is is a start to finish just a tremendous album but uh yeah i pre-ordered it the night he passed away ironically because that was the night they re- they announced that it was coming so i pre-ordered it and then at midnight when it released i got a notification on my phone so i spent the next hour listening to that album before i could fall asleep and just you know you got paul mccartney on there you're covering um uh, bob dylan track and then you got Bubbles Up, which to me, that's the one of the most perfect goodbye, I love you songs to your fans.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, and uh, Paul McCartney mentioned that uh, he thought that that song, it was either that one or uh, My Gummy Just Kicked In. I can't remember which one he was, he was referring to, but it, it probably was Bubbles Up. Then he uh, mentioned that that was... One of the greatest songs certainly he would ever heard Jimmy sing, and Paul said he was uh, honored to be a part of it.
1: Yeah, it's it's tremendous. Um, and just to think, it's like, it's literally like a scuba phrase, just something that you was like a, a throwaway word that you, you learn in scuba diving. And that turns into, you know, like I said, the, the, the most classic, iconic goodbye song to your fans.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, of course, one of the other... Uh, things that uh, Jimmy was able to incorporate. He was a great uh, businessman, too. And uh, there was uh, there are a um, bunch of Margaritaville restaurants that uh, are around, which will also help to uh, keep his legacy going. And in fact, they just opened one in Boston, uh, and I'll be checking out the uh, Boston one in a couple of weeks.
1: Yeah, I'm looking forward to that as well. Uh, can't wait for the report from you on that one. one went to Fanel Hall, right?
0: Yeah, exactly, yeah.
1: Yeah, that's, that should be a great one. And, and that's another one. Like we talked about renaming the roads down in Key West and Florida. Why wasn't there one in Boston already? But, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a different story.
0: Yeah. And Boston was always one of Jimmy's favorite places to play. You know, when he played Fenway, he talked about uh, all the uh, experiences he had playing in New England when he was a young, uh, starving musician. So Jimmy had a lot of fondness for this area.
1: Oh, yeah, he did. And you can hear it in his music, especially that live from Fenway album that he put out. I mean, it's, it's definitely, you can tell that Boston and that whole area meant so much to him. It's one of the places you got to start. If you go back and listen to it, he really did get most of his starts there just playing on the acoustic guitar, just him. Yeah. It's one of the first times out, he talks about that.
0: Absolutely. Well, Tim, we're gonna we're gonna go into a, a song here. Uh, I have it pre-recorded, so we'll we'll let this play, and then we'll we'll get you right back, and we'll talk some more about uh, Jimmy and some of some of his albums. All right. So the, uh, this is the first of two songs I pre-recorded to, to help honor Jimmy, and uh, so we'll uh, fire this one right up. on the Gulf Stream, big storm's coming soon. I passed out in my hammock. God, I slept till way past noon. Stood up and tried to focus. I hoped I wouldn't have to look far. I knew I could use a bloody Mary So I stumbled next door to the park Now I must confess I could use some rest I can't run at this pace very long You see, it's quite insane I think it hurts my brain, but it cleans me out. That I can't go on. There's something about this Sunday. It's a most peculiar gray. Strolling down the avenue, that's no. Say one a I was feeling tired and I got inspired and I knew that it wouldn't last long So all alone I walked back home sat on my beach and then I made up this song Could use some rest think it hurts my brain but it cleans me out then I One of my favorites, Tim, Uh, trying to reason with hurricane season. And uh, God knows there's a lot of weather-related problems down there, but Jimmy always uh, made us look on the bright side.
1: He did. And, of course, you come right out of the gates with one of my all-time favorite Jimmy songs. You did it beautifully, John.
0: Well, thanks, Tim. Uh, it's he's done that on on a few different albums, and uh, I know there was a there was a live album. I know that he did it on. So uh, I just wanted to throw that, and we'll have one more uh, pre-recorded song before we wrap up here. And I thought we'd uh, move on to uh, a couple of his albums here. Uh, it would be impossible in the length of time in this podcast to go through all of them, so I'll just kind of uh, uh, jump around here and. Uh one of, them, one of the albums he came out with was called A1A, uh, Tim. And uh, there's a great song on there called Migration. And uh, I know you and I talked off the air uh, a couple of days ago. And uh, you have uh, really kind of taken to that song.
1: I have. And it's one that I had never heard before. Uh, ever since Jimmy passed, I've kind of been going back and just listening to some of the older stuff. And, uh, you know, there's, I'm listening start to finish, kind of giving some songs a chance that I didn't really listen to much or I kind of heard in passing. And then I'm finding that there's a lot of stuff that I think because when we first start listening to Jimmy, we kind of get into the the radio Jimmy. You know, Margaritaville, cheeseburger, yep. Fins, stuff like that. You don't really until you get to the deeper stuff, that's when you find the real Jimmy. You know, we talked about the escapism, and I mentioned that it's it's more than that. And this is where I think you start getting to more than that, is you start getting down to, you know, who Jimmy really is. And migration, it's it's I think a one a was kind of that first or second album that he did in the keys. And so you're yeah. really starting to get that turn from Nashville more to the keys in his sound and Migration's is one of those first ones that kind of jumps at you. It's got more of that, that little tropical sound to it. And he's talking about, you know, what it's like down there and why would you live anywhere else and you know, all that stuff. And it, you know, the older I'm getting, the less I like being in the cold weather, the more I like being in Florida, Uh, We try and spend at least a weekend every month down there. Uh, So we try and get down there whenever we can. And it just kind of, it kind of hit me in the heart listening to that one. Like, you know, I get it. I get what he's saying on this one. And, I've been listening to that one on a
0: constant loop recently. Yeah. Now, one of my favorite albums is Barometer Soup. Uh, There's a couple of really great songs on that album um, that I really like. Barometer Soup, the uh, title song from the album is excellent. Uh, I like uh, Don't You Know. That's another uh, excellent song that I've played out at open mics. Uh, Mexico was a song that he did uh, that was written by James Taylor. And uh, Jimmy Dreams, another great song. Barometer Soup is filled with one great song after another.
1: Starts, is good. Um, Mexico is probably my favorite one off of there. Uh, just the way he kind of took, and James Taylor did a tremendous job with that song. Um, I can listen to either version of it, but I just, I like Jimmy's a little bit more because he's, he kind of put a little bit more of himself into that one and how he redid it a little bit. That it just, it really gets to me that it's like, yeah, he really went at it on that song.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, you know, there was an album that he came out with called Banana Wind, and there was a song off that album called Jamaica Mistake, which was based on a real incident that happened. Uh, Jimmy was uh, flying his plane uh, in Jamaica. He had Bono uh, from U2 on that uh, uh, plane trip, and the Jamaican police mistook his aircraft for a drug smuggling uh, craft, and they fired on him, and uh, Jimmy... Uh, actually wrote a song about it, uh, Jamaica mistake And uh, I, one of those things where, you know, you can't laugh about it at the time, but after the fact, hey, why not write a song about it, right?
1: Absolutely. And ironically enough, I talk about we try and go to Florida like once a month, and that's because we're pass holders at Universal Studios down there. Well, okay. there's a Margaritaville at Universal Studios, and just outside of it is the Hemisphere Dancer. The plane, the actual plane that he flew wow. that got shot at, in there, and you, there's still bullet holes in it, and it's the actual plane. And just you know, to to hear the song and then to actually be able to put your hand on that plane kind of ties everything together and makes it makes it pretty cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So if if you're not familiar with that song, uh, check out the Banana Wind album and uh, listen to uh, Jamaica Mistake, and uh, it is it is a real it is a real incident that happened. Uh, in Jamaica there was a an album called Don't Stop the Carnival which uh had a lot of tropical stuff in it and uh you know that that was kind of a, a different album wasn't it Tim it, it was um it was really all about the uh, the Caribbean lifestyle the whole album
1: it was it was a little different and, and you know it's one of those controversial ones among Jimmy fans about whether it's a real Jimmy album whether it's not um, yeah. Personally, it's never one of my favorites. I can I appreciate it for what it is because he really he wrote a musical based off of a novel, uh, so and the songs all kind of tie back in there. So you have to kind of know the story of the play and you have to know what's going on there in order to really kind of connect with it. But you know it, it's Jimmy that he puts his spin on everything and he, eventually he gets you in there. Whether you whether you know it or not, you kind of get yourself hooked listening. You're like ah, oh, you know this isn't Jimmy. I don't really and then all of a sudden you're like hey that's not bad.
0: Yeah. You know, and one of the recent albums he came out with, I really love, it's called Songs You Don't Know by Heart. And basically in that album, Tim, he took a lot of, well, he took a bunch of songs that he had written on other albums, and he synthesized them on, onto a new album, and... uh he kind of upgraded uh, those songs, updated them so that uh, people would be more familiar with um, those songs, and uh, and I really love it. There's uh, a lot of bu- a lot of great songs on there, and uh, Peanut Butter Conspiracy is uh, one of my favorites, and uh, one that he wrote for his daughter Delaney called uh, Delaney Talks to Statues.
1: Yeah, I love this album too, John. Um, this was kind of his COVID thing. Uh, Delaney did the videos for him and helped him get this together during COVID, and. To go back, and there's probably three or four of my favorite Jimmy songs. You know, Peanut Butter Conspiracy is one of my all-time favorite Jimmy songs. Um, I Have Found Me a Home, which is, he, he explained, if you watch the videos for it, that that was really his first song he wrote about the Keys when he got down to Key West. Yep. It was one of the very first ones he wrote. And you can hear it. You can hear that transition from Nashville into the Keys in that song. And it's just a beautiful take on, um, you know, I think we all go through that point in our lives where, just because we grew up somewhere and live there doesn't mean that's our home. And, you know, as he moved around, he finally found that one spot that feels like home to him. And, you know, I'm a Cleveland guy. I grew up in Ohio. I've lived here my whole life, but every time I come to Boston, I get that same feeling, you know, that's my home. That's where my family came from, you know, a generation before me. And I think you, kind of gets that same thing having grown up on the ocean and all that. And you, you hear that in that song. And then, you know, tin cup chalice is, I I love that song. I I don't know what it was about that song, but I just, I, I love it. It's, it's that tropical, easygoing end of the night kind of song. And for whatever reason, that's another one that just reaches out and grabs me and is like, listen to this song as much as you can.
0: Absolutely. Now tell us a story about uh, the Cleveland Guardians and and what they did right after Jimmy died. Uh, it, for people that don't know, Tim is on the grounds crew for the Cleveland Guardians of Major League Baseball, and uh, I believe it was uh, they played boat drinks right uh, at the stadium uh, right after he died. Could you tell us that story?
1: Yeah. So you know, the day after Jimmy died, you know, we show up there and batting practice is going on, so we're sitting in the dugout waiting for it to get done, so we can go to work and do our stuff, and then as soon as it ended that's kind of when the music kind of changes because that's when they start letting all the fans in so you go from what the players want to listen to to what they're going to play upstairs and the first thing out was boat drinks and i just i stopped in my tracks wow. like i'm walking the screen back out from the home plate area out to behind the outfield wall and all i just like dead stopped in my tracks like all right now i know why i work for this team you know, now <laughs> I, I get it yeah, um and then on top of it uh, Terry Francona, his last game, as soon as that last out was made, and he's out waving his hat and everything, and all of a sudden they played Lovely Cruise. Oh, and was wow. Like, oh, man, as if I wasn't sad enough. A, the Jimmy's gone. B, the Tito's leaving our team. Now you hit me with this song. And it's like, oh, man. You know, yeah. We're running around trying to get our work done for the end of the season, and I'm just, like, fighting back tears. Like, oh, this is just perfect. And to have that, the team do that stuff and play those songs, because they'd never played Jimmy. Unless Tampa Bay was in town. Every time the Rays come to town, um, Finns is always the song that they play when they're introducing the, the starters. Right. So I never heard Jimmy at the ballpark outside of that. So that those two days to have that happen, I was like, Oh man, this is just, this is special.
0: Fabulous. We're talking with Tim guy This is a special episode where we remember and reflect back on the life of the great Jimmy Buffett. And uh, Tim and I share this uh, love for Jimmy uh, in common. And uh, hope you're enjoying it. Uh, you're listening to Airing It Out, files from Leahy's Broadcast Booth. And we publish every Wednesday. And be sure to check out the uh, website at uh, LeahyStorytelling.com. uh Tim, Jimmy came out with two Christmas albums. And as much as I love the first album, Christmas Island, I think the second one is probably the best holiday uh, album that has ever been made. Uh, I think he did. He knocked it out of the park with that one. Uh, Jingle Bell Rock, was that's the best version I've ever heard. That's better than the original Hall & version, in my opinion. Um, M- Melly Kalikimaka was uh, a version that he did with Jake Shimabukuro, who played the ukulele with him many times. And But probably my favorite song on that album is Baby, It's Cold Outside, where he does a duet with a Shadir, uh, Nadira Shakur. Uh, whenever Christmas rolls around, I wear that um, album out. I just love it.
1: Yeah, and ironically enough, I had never heard that one. I, I knew about the first one, Christmas Island. I had that one, uh, but I didn't know he did the second one until I started going back through Apple Music and I started making sure I had all Jimmy's stuff. And I found it. I'm like, hmm, haven't heard this one. And you look at it in the first one, he kind of did more of his take on Christmas music. Like he wrote his own Christmas songs. This one, he took the classics and just made them Jimmy songs. And uh, you're right. It's my favorite Christmas album. Um, you know, I've, I've had it playing since the day after Halloween. It started playing in my car. <laughs> that the baby it's cold outside. I mean, that's just tremendous the way he did it and the way Nadira did it on there. It's just an abs- it, it might be my favorite rendition of that song.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now you shared a baseball story. Now I will. As far as Jimmy is concerned, we saw Jimmy uh, at Fenway on that Sunday. He was there for uh, a, fr- a Friday and Sunday shows, and this was back in 2004. And the Red Sox were uh, battling for a playoff spot, and uh, Jimmy came out. On, Jimmy was out on stage, and there was a uh, a character who was dressed up as Babe Ruth, and he wound up coming on the stage. And, of course, Jimmy uh, gave that character hell for being on stage at Fenway Park, and he decided he was going to break the curse of the, of the Bambino. And so uh, he uh, went into a little spiel before uh, introducing the Jollymon out on stage. The Jollymon came out and did a, uh, a dance on stage, and Jimmy announced as soon as the Jollymon was done that uh, that's it, the curse is over, it's broken. And uh, wouldn't you know that the Red Sox, despite being down three games to none to the Yankees, came all the way back, beat them, and of course the rest is history. And Jimmy said afterwards that uh, that worked out pretty well for his career, being able to say, hey, uh, we had a role in uh, breaking the curse at Fenway.
1: Yeah, I've seen the video of that, and it's tremendous. And ironically enough, he did break the curse. And I think it's funny that then the Cubs wanted him, and then everybody else wanted him to play their ballpark. But, you know, As great of an album as it is, the videos that go with it are even better. Uh, Just uh, how can it get better than the best baseball stadium probably ever built and then Jimmy Buffett playing in front of the Green Monster? I, yeah. I, I envy you for being able to go to that show
0: uh, it was great and uh, you know Jimmy took some songs from some other people and kind of incorporated them into his own uh, Uncle John's Band was a song that was done by the Grateful Dead and uh, Jimmy released that one on his uh, Fruitcakes album and uh, there was a song by Fred Neal who was a good friend of Jimmy's called Everybody's Talking and uh, there, that was a song that Jimmy uh, put out on uh, a few of his live albums and so and uh, so Jimmy had a great appreciation for other musicians and in fact uh, at the Fenway show he also played uh, a Neil Diamond song Sweet Caroline which was part of a medley that he did with Why Don't We Get Drunk and that was uh, that was great so Jimmy really had an appreciation for other musicians and, and he loved working other musician stuff into his show of course in the Jimmy style of course
1: of course yeah he did and uh... He's definitely, and you listen to all the guys like Zach Brown, Kenny Chesney, all these guys that have played with Jimmy, and they talk about that, that, you know, he's so welcoming. You know, I want to, you know, he, he talked about how much he loved what they did and finding a way to work together and incorporate things. Like, you look at his Live in Hawaii album, and he did Back to the Island with Henry Capono out there. Yep. He's a huge, huge musician in, uh, in the islands out there. Uh, but just that's the way Jimmy thought was, okay, you made a great album. I'm not going to steal it from you, but I want to do it with you, but we're going to put my flair onto it. it. But while I'm doing that, all of my Parrot Heads are now going to become fans of yours. And I think that's kind of, he he saw it as not only do I like this, my people are going to like this, and I'm going to take you for the ride with me. Come along.
0: Uh, Speaking of flair, did you know that Jimmy was good friends with the uh, pro wrestler, Rick flair? There were some photographs I saw recently, so I never would have guessed that.
1: Makes sense to me with the style, the way Jimmy lived in the 70s and 80s. Makes sense
0: to me. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, uh, Tim, there's another album that, that I wanted to touch on. And, you know, I think this is one of his more underrated albums. It's, it may be not even be one of his most well known albums, but he put out an album called Hot Water. And there's a song that he does with um, the Neville brothers in the background, which uh, it was Aaron Neville, called uh, Smart Woman in a Real uh, Short Skirt. I love that song so much I added it to my internet radio station. But, uh, you know, Jimmy did a lot of work down in New Orleans, and he met the Neville brothers, and boy, what a collaboration they turned out to be.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, Jimmy's so appreciative of that New Orleans time that he had. I mean, you hear it on the new album. So, you know, he's always appreciative of that. And then when he can work with someone like the Neville brothers, it's like we just said, he's so appreciative to the people that he looked up to and the people that he liked that to be able to to, to kind of put that little spin on it, but still pay tribute to them and then not only pay tribute, but work with them. And the fact that he got Paul McCartney to say, yes, I want to do a song with you, tells you everything you need to know about how much Jimmy respected other artists and how much they respected him.
0: Absolutely. Well, we have another song we're going to throw in here as we continue on with our tribute to Jimmy Buffett. When this one's done, we'll uh, come back and get a few final thoughts from Tim. But uh, here's another pre recorded song uh, for the episode. Hope you enjoy it. I rounded first, never thought of the worst, as I studied the shortstop's position crack went by leg like the shell of a day. someone call a decent physician I'm no Pete Rose I can't pretend while my mind is quite flexible these brittle bones don't bend. I'm growing old My metabolic rate is pleasantly stuck Let the winds of change blow over my head I'd rather die while I'm living than live while I'm dead Sometimes I see me as an old manatee Heading south as the waters grow colder He tries to steer clear Mum drove so near its cuts Prop scars deep in his shoulders That's how it flows Right to the end His body's still flexible But that barnacle brain don't bend I'm growing older but not up My metabolic rate did stuck so let the winds of change blow over my head i'd rather die while i'm living than live while i'm dead so now don't get me wrong this is not a sad song just events that i have happened to witness and time takes its toll as we head for the pole and no one dies Physical fitness, that's how it goes. Right to the end, as the days grow more complicated, the night life still is. I'm growing older, but not up. My metabolic rate is presently stuck. Let the winds of change blow over my head I'd rather die while I'm living than live while I'm dead Let the winds of change blow over my head I'd rather die while I'm Yeah, that was called Growing Older But Not Up. And doesn't that summarize how we feel about things, uh, Tim, uh, being Buffett fans? And uh, I bet Pete Rose was uh, really thrilled that he was included in a Jimmy Buffett song.
1: I'm sure he was. I'm thrilled Jimmy included baseball in a song.
0: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, you know, I I worked for the uh, Florence Freedom uh, back in uh, 2010 in Kentucky, and uh, Pete made an appearance at uh, at a Freedom game. And his son was actually uh, one of the – coaches on the team uh he was the hitting coach actually for a spell so uh, i think of uh you know the roses every time i hear that song but uh it's um it just kind of encapsulates uh how we feel we are growing older but but not up and we'll always have that mentality when we listen to jimmy's songs right
1: yeah we absolutely will because jimmy grew older but never grew up and you saw it every time you saw him live every time you saw videos of him out you know, on his paddleboard, out on the boats, and, you know, jumping off the yachts, things like that. He, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy epitomized growing older but not up, and he left us that legacy to, to follow and live with.
0: Absolutely. Now, I know this is probably going to be an impossible question for you to answer, but if you had to pick one Jimmy album that you would consider your all-time favorite, is it possible for you to do so? Yes and no. Um,
1: there, there's just so much out there that I love, but I mean I've got, as far as like studio albums go, it's either A1A or Changes in Latitude. They're just almost perfect from start to finish. I mean, every song's just classic Jimmy, and you know it's just you know every song makes you makes you drift off and go to where you want to be. But probably my all-time favorites alive is a live album because, as you and I know, and anyone listening that's a Parrothead knows, Jimmy Live is just a whole other creature.
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, as,
1: as good right. as his studio albums were, he was even light years better as a live performer. And my favorite, you had to be there. That's my all-time wow. favorite Jimmy. I'll put that on, and I will listen start to finish. I mean, you're talking, you know, mid-'70s Jimmy, Margaritaville just was becoming a hit, and he's playing at the Fox Theater in Atlanta, Georgia, and... I mean it's it's Jimmy at his peak. 1970s Jimmy, and I I love every second of
0: that album. Yeah, there's two songs from that album that are noteworthy. One is called Morris's Nightmare, which uh, was not a song that became overly popular from Jimmy, but uh, that had kind of a reggae kind of a feel to it. Another one uh, that really caught my attention was a song called Dixie Diner, which I think is the last song on the album, and uh, that was just uh, a bunch of guys rocking out. You know what I thought of when I heard that, Tim, was, uh, remember the Blues Brothers, they did uh, the uh, long, long solo in the song "Sweet Home Chicago." Uh, that's what that reminded me of, and uh, yeah, that was uh, that was great listening.
1: It is. I can see exactly what you're talking about with that comparison. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 Jimmy having fun and letting loose. And I, I, I'm sure since you're talking mid to late '70s, it's still Jimmy during that time. So he's probably chemically enhanced to have fun that night. Um, <laughs> but uh, you can definitely hear. What what brings everybody in to Jimmy is definitely, I think, start to finish on that album. You can hear it in one way or another. Everyone's going to have a song on that album that they love. And, you know, it's just, like I said, it, I love all his stuff. I, I wasn't a fan of the 80s stuff when he started getting kind of that new wave feel a little bit, trying to mix that with his other stuff. Yeah, Wasn't a huge fan of that stuff. Uh, kind of when he started getting the synthesizers and stuff, it was like, eh. You know, it, to me, it was too much of a departure, but I appreciated it. Because it's where he was creatively at that time so i appreciate it for that that reason but that that point when you had to be there came out was when to me it was peak jimmy
0: absolutely and one other uh, item that popped into my head you were talking about live albums gotta check out the live album he did in las vegas he came out with a a, a series of live shows uh, i think one was here in massachusetts he put out one that he did live in washington state he put out one from hawaii uh, one from Vegas, and they they were all they were color coded, right? There were a bunch of uh, albums that came out. But they were they were all the same theme. There was one in Cincinnati as well, which was great because Finns, of course, originated in that uh, city. But um, you want to listen to the Vegas album, and you want to listen to Pencil Thin Mustache, because you will find the best trumpet work in not only any Jimmy song, but almost anywhere. John Lovell was his trumpet player. Listen to John Lovell play the trumpet in Pencil Thin Mustache on that Vegas album and you will be blown away.
1: I will go back and listen to it as soon as we get off.
0: Great stuff. Well, Tim, uh, you know, it's been great uh, having a chance to chat with you about Jimmy, a guy that uh, not only we loved, but uh, he was loved around the world. And and, and all I can say is, uh, We'll do our best to keep the party going. I'll I'll definitely be recording a lot more stuff uh, on social media for people to check out. But, you know, I couldn't think of anybody better to share uh, memories of Jimmy. You're such a great fan. And uh, I really appreciate the contribution you made uh, to the show. And it's always great talking uh, Jimmy Buffett with you.
1: I appreciate it, John. I always love being on here with you and to throw in our favorite musicians even better. And, you know, I don't think there's enough people that can talk about Jimmy and really how much he means to him it's it's what's going to keep that party going like he said i don't want you to be sad i want you to keep the party going and that's what we got to do
0: well you know it goes without saying that the next time i see you whether it's here in boston or whether i make it out to cleveland uh, we must go to margaritaville we have to uh, do that before we do anything else we'll
1: go to margaritaville we'll toast Jimmy.
0: all right well uh That'll wrap it up for this week on the podcast. My special guest, a friend and former colleague, broadcasting colleague, Tim guy And we uh, remembered Jimmy Buffett on the episode this week. I invite you to stay with us. We will have more on the podcast next week. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. You've been listening to Airing It Out, Files from Leahy's Broadcast Booth. Thanks, and we'll talk to you next week. <music> Hi, this is John Leahy. Please check out my website at johnrleahy.com. You can explore the history of my time in sportscasting from my early days to the present. You can view my resume, listen and watch my audio and video demonstration reels, as well as learn about this podcast, my internet radio station, the Harborlight Sessions Radio Network, watch my music demos, learn about my books, audiobook narration, and you can check out my event calendar. There's also an informational section with tips and tools in broadcasting, along with my personal influences and cool links. Check it out at JohnRLahey.com.